keep rolling. We're going to go until we get it right. I can tell stories about everything. And forgive me for not doing my mom. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, as always, this stuff in lieu of actual entertainment. All righty then. Hello and welcome back. This is Storytime and I am Gamer Dude. Glad to have you with us for some more stories this week. Today we're talking about my mom. My mom as a storyteller. I grew up in a family where we told stories all of the time. The stories about our day. The stories about what we grew up with. The stories about what was going on in the world. My dad was a really good storyteller. He would tell stories with accents and with emotion and with actions. And he could really craft a story. If you went to a bar in the medieval times, my dad would have been the bard. He would have been sitting there by the fire, reeling off epic stories about how he'd slain the dragon... Or actually, he'd probably be the one who watched the dragon being slain. And he would tell all about the exciting things that the mage did and the knight did. How the thief snuck behind the dragon. He would have a story really well crafted. Down to the most minute detail. He could tell a story. And boy, I wish I could duplicate my dad's ability to tell a story. Because you would sit down with my dad and be captivated. He would suck you right in. And he was funny. He was really funny. And in future episodes, I'll try to recreate some of his stories, but his stories were always word of mouth. He didn't write things down. He would just shoot from the hip. He would just start telling the story. All you had to say was, Dad, tell the one about getting those plants back from Atlanta on the plane with Frank. And he'd go right into it. My mom was a storyteller too, but she was not a verbal storyteller. Now, don't get me wrong. My mom was a talker. My mom could talk the leg off a chair if given half a chance. Now, she didn't see herself as a talker. She didn't see herself as one of those gossipy-type ladies who hangs over the back fence and exchanges stories with the neighbor. But that's what she did. But only with a select few neighbors, not every neighbor. She wasn't one of those who would just hold court at the supermarket and have the shopping carts gathered around her as she conveyed the news from the neighborhood. That wasn't my mom. She had a select few friends, and they would have conversations about whatever was going on in the neighborhood. Well, I can't believe she let her husband do that. Did you see what they did with the house next door? Oh yeah, that was the nature of my mom's conversations. She didn't do the stories so much as just converse with people. And on Sundays after church, oh my god. If dad wasn't there to rein her in, we would be half hour, 45 minutes of post-church conversation. While she caught up with everybody who she'd missed over the previous six days. Oh yeah, post-church conversation was... The bane of my existence as a child. Oh, Dad, please come to church with us so we can get out of there. I sometimes wonder if Dad stopped going to church as much because it was such a chore getting Mom out of church at the end of the service. But Mom didn't tell stories in those encounters. It was just conversation. And she was a social butterfly. She went to church. She had the post-church conversations. She had church functions that she would go to. She was a member of the board of directors of the church. So she would go to those functions and she would talk to people before and after and on the phone. She was a conversationalist, no question. And in addition to church, she had her art. She was an artist. She took art classes. She was a dancer. She took dance classes. She was a musician. She played piano. She played guitar. She played accordion. Mom was a renaissance woman who loved to socialize and talk about the things that she liked, whether it was church or art or dancing. She did all kinds of things and kept herself super busy doing these things. And she always liked to talk to the people doing the things with her. But when it came to telling stories, mom told her stories in writing. She was a writer. 
It's one of the reasons I think that I'm a writer, too. I tell stories. Obviously, this is story time. But I also write stories. And you guys know you've seen samples of it. If you've gone on the Discord or on the webpage, you've seen some of the things that I've written. And I kind of got that from Mom because she was a writer. She wrote short stories. She wrote a couple of books that she spent years trying to market and get published. She took a shot at poetry. I have one of her poems framed downstairs. She was good. She had a unique style. It's not necessarily my style, but she had a unique way of telling stories. One of the things that I've considered doing literally for years now and still haven't got around to doing it is taking her books, maybe giving them a good edit, sorry mom, and seeing if I can get them published for her or maybe even self-publish them to put her stories out there because she wanted to get her stories out there. And that's something I may do down the road. But what prompted today's episode was as I was going through some of the papers that I have, because I still have literally boxes of papers from my parents' house, and one of the boxes has a lot of my mom's writings. And going through that kind of thing does take time, and I don't have a lot of time that I spend going through my parents' stuff. I keep telling myself, I'll get to it, I'll get to it, I'll go through it. But I do put it off because it's one of those things that it's more of a, if I have a few hours and I have nothing else to do kind of tasks... And I never have a few hours with nothing else to do. There's always something else to do. But I recently pulled out one of the boxes and started going through it, and I found some writings in there that I actually didn't know existed. And among the writings that I found was a short story that my mom wrote. Now, it's funny about this short story because I I just got through saying my mom wasn't a storyteller. The stuff that's in this short story is part of the lore of our family. You know how your family has stories about grandma or Uncle Ted or whoever it is who's the crazy person in your family or crazy people, depending on your family? Well, one of the things we talked about at dinner was family, of course. And mom would tell the stories about my grandmother, my dad's mom. My dad and mom were from very different worlds and they got together and clicked, but they had different perspectives, different upbringings. They actually had a cute little code for each other. He was the city slicker. She was the country girl. So he was CS, city slicker, and she was CG, country girl. And so they would address their cards to each other using those little initials instead of their names. So they had these different backgrounds. And so when my mom met my dad's mom, as you might expect, there was a bit of a clash of cultures there. And so my mom would tell us these stories at dinner time. sometimes when the conversation turned to my grandmother or my grandfather or my aunt or my uncle. For instance, we heard about the first time she ever had an oyster, or actually ever saw an oyster. One of the first meals she went to with my grandparents was to a raw bar. And if you don't know, raw bar is where you have fresh, often raw seafood. And to her horror, she watched my grandfather slurp down a raw oyster. It blew her mind. These little tidbits of stories would work their ways into her conversation. But I never knew that she'd actually reduced the stories into a short story. She'd actually written it down. And it was funny because I was going through the papers and I looked at the the paper. And the paper is probably 50 years old. I'm looking at it right now. It's yellowish, kind of crinkly at the edges. So she wrote this years ago. And I never knew she wrote it. And as I pulled it out of this folder when I was going through it for the first time, I looked at it and I recognized the stories, but she had changed the names because I knew who the protagonist is as soon as I read it because I recognized the story, but it wasn't my grandma's name. And I figured mom must have written this with the intent of publishing it somewhere along the line, but I don't ever remember her talking about publishing it. I don't ever remember her talking about writing this story at all, but she'd written it down. 
So what I thought I'd do for you today is share one of my mom's stories. It's my mom's stories about my grandmother. Now, you guys know whenever I talk about my mom, whenever I recreate my conversations with my mom, I do her voice. Mrs. Gamer Dude loves when I imitate my mother. Well, Gamer Dude, you shouldn't do that. She finds that hysterical. I'm not going to try to read the story doing my mom. I'm just going to read the story to you because I think it'll make you crazy if I try to do my mom for the whole story. But I wanted to share the story with you for a couple of reasons. The first is it actually gives voice to my mom's work. I don't know that this story has ever seen the light of day. But the other reason is it gives a little background on me. My mom obviously has a sense of humor. I obviously come from a bit of a wacky background, as you'll see when you hear the story. And I thought... Maybe it gives you a little insight of where I come from. Now, the story may not have any impact on you whatsoever. It impacts me because I'm familiar with everything that's in it. And it's not a hysterical ho-ho-ho, laugh-out-loud joke fest. It's just an amusing story of anecdotes from my grandmother's life, as seen through the eyes of my mother. Now, I'm just going to read it to you the way she wrote it. But as I was going through it, she had made some insertions through the story, and I'm not exactly sure where they fit in. So I'm just going to try to fit them in as best I can, because I can see the corrections she made and the additions she made after the fact, and I'm not sure where it fits, so I'm going to do my best. So I appreciate you listening. I appreciate your indulgence. There's not even a title to the story, so I can't say here's because I don't know what it's called. So I guess we'll just call it Gamer Mom's Story. So here we go. I do not mean to imply that had I met my mother-in-law before I met my husband, I would now be an avid women's liberationist berating male chauvinism. I simply mean that I might have taken a little longer, in happy spinsterhood, in making up my mind. It would be very difficult to explain Maud to anyone who has not actually met her, because she could hardly be termed an atypical anything. The stories I have heard about her from my husband and his two sisters have been legion and always bordering on Grimm's, never fully believable like the time Papa came home and found a grand piano in the living room right after Maud decided that the kids needed piano lessons. She had little faith in his perception of the immediate world around him and declared persistently that it, the piano, would never be noticed. How she parlayed her grocery money into the stock market, thence into a grand piano, is another one for the books. That one I never even attempted to investigate. Maud and money have always had a strange relationship. Her one bit of advice to me, after we were married, is that a wife should never, ever let her husband know exactly how much money she had. Papa gave Maud a weekly allowance of grocery money and support money for her mother. With this pittance, she also managed to take care of music lessons, purchase lovely antiques, sometimes found in out-of-the-way bins in the Salvation Army, dress three children, hire a cleaning man once a week, and emerge a small-time Wall Street shark. She lived in annual fear that the Internal Revenue Service would strike down Papa in its search for evildoers against Uncle Sam because Papa claimed Grandma as a dependent, while Maud knew all of the time that Grandma was her dependent, not Papa's. By some strange alchemy, any money that came into Maud's hands, from whatever source, was hers alone, irrevocably. Or the time when she installed an underground sprinkler system for the yard and was undiscovered for two years until she made the mistake of turning it on while Papa was asleep in the lawn chair. I ha-ha'd over all these little stories until I was in her home, visiting at the time of the living room wall episode. For several years, Maud had been wanting to tear out two windows in the living room and replace them with a wall-to-wall picture glass. Well, through her usual run-of-the-mill Machiavellian machinations, she had acquired the money to hire it done, juggling dividends here and there, 
buying hamburger three months out of the year, just the normal wifely ways of stretching a buck. Her idea was to have the job completed in one day so that Papa, on his arrival home, would find a fait accompli and not even notice his missing wall. This time I have to accuse Maud of poor planning. Thinking that this wall was an ordinary plaster and wood affair, she counted on the crowbar for quick success. Hearing a blood-curdling scream, I ran downstairs to find that Maud had finally met her match. Standing face to face with her was a brick wall neatly hidden behind the plaster. Every brick neatly in place, every brick neatly affixed with 200-year-old mortar. For a moment, I thought she was going to throw in the towel. Crass misjudgment on my part. I spent that day watching her pleading, berating, wheedling these workmen into getting that wall removed in as rapid a time as humanly or inhumanly possible. To this day, I stand in awe of her accomplishment. Precisely at four o'clock, that wall was gone. At one end of the living room was a magnificent 14 by 20 feet expanse of nothing, leading graciously out onto the porch and sweeping into the lawn. What are you going to say to Papa? I finally asked as the noise of the workman's trucks wafted away into the distance. Nothing. He'll never notice it. Then she turned, pushed the sofa back against the wall that wasn't there, replaced lamps and tables, swept the porch of plaster, and vacuumed the rug. Everything was back in place, except the wall. I couldn't stand it anymore. I left the house and went to meet my husband, hoping against hope that if there was going to be any bloodshed, it would occur while I was gone. But it didn't. Upon our return, one thing had been added. A giant roll of canvas, covering what had been a wall, and centered neatly in the middle of the canvas, carefully nailed to a wall stud, was the living room mirror. He'll never notice, she said. For one ghastly moment after Papa came home, I thought she was absolutely right. He walked through the living room, put his papers on the desk, and walked right out again. I could not believe my eyes. However, the second time, he walked into it, and he noticed. The dialogue following his discovery shall not here be recorded, but it seemed very mild considering the topic was a missing wall to the house. Papa refused to eat with us that night, and dinner table conversation was understandably subdued. The wall and window were completed the next day, and to my knowledge, the subject was not again raised or discussed for six months. It was an occasion where the rather large family gathering was sitting in the living room, and the conversation turned toward the beautiful view afforded by the picture window. Papa was saying, Well, the other windows did not give much light, and so we thought... Hearing a peculiar sound, I turned and there sat Maud, audibly grinding her teeth, but with the most satisfied, I told you so, look on her face that I have ever seen. That's it. That's the story. As I said, it's not the most hysterically funny story you've ever heard. It's just a tidbit of my mother's life when she was a newlywed and her experiences with my grandma. Now, obviously, I never knew my grandma at that time. I'm pretty sure I wasn't around when all of this happened. But boy, I heard the stories, and I've heard that story of the wall told over dinner, usually Christmas dinner, sometimes Thanksgiving dinner, on occasion. But I'd never known my mom committed it to writing or what she ever hoped to do with this story. It's also funny because, as a writer, I can see where she was going with it, and I can see where I'd change it and improve the flow a little bit, but it's my mother's work, and it's pretty cool to have that. It's also pretty cool to have memorialized the stories that I remember as a kid. After I found that story, I took some time to finish going through some of the papers in that box, and I didn't see any other stories like this. There was just this story, just these two pages, in amongst some other clippings. My mom was notorious for clipping newspaper articles that she found fascinating, writing letters to the editor to complain about things that she didn't find fascinating. And so this story was tucked in those folders. 
but I have a couple of other boxes that I want to go through to see what other stories she may have lurking out there. This story also reminds me of what I should have done years ago. And maybe you can take this as a cautionary tale or a tip for something that you might want to do. One of the reasons that I'm doing this podcast is to kind of preserve my stories. I love sharing them with you, but I like preserving them and passing them on to you guys. I wish I'd sat down with a tape recorder or a video camera with my mom and with my dad and recorded their stories. The stories like this, the missing wall, the grand piano appearing in the living room. I would have liked to sit down right now with my mom and say, tell me about what it was like being a teacher. Tell me your favorite student. Tell me your least favorite student. After she graduated college, my mom took a trip to California with two girlfriends. They decided to drive from New York to California. And I've seen the pictures and I heard her tell the story about going to California. But I never bothered to sit down and ask her about the details. What was Yosemite like? What did you like about California? What else did you see? There's a lot of stuff between New York and California. Tell me about it. And looking back, I never did that. And I should have. And believe me, if she was still with us, there would be some episodes of Gamer Mom telling stories. For now, though, we'll just have to wait for me to go through the papers and see what other stories I can come up with. As I mentioned at the beginning, she wasn't a great storyteller, but she was a great conversationalist. So we would sit down and have a conversation. And that's the conversation I would share with you if I could. So what I'm saying is, maybe take some time and go talk to your parents. Go talk to your aunt. Go talk to your uncle. Get some perspective on what they went through because they'll give you some pretty cool stories. The thing we sometimes forget is that our parents, before they were our parents, were people. And they had full lives and did things. Some good, some bad, some funny, some boring, but all of them interesting to them. And those are the stories that made your parents the kind of people that they are. So while I love you guys listening to my stories, you've got stories in your family too. And my piece of advice for today, go listen to some of those stories. You'll be glad you did. I do have a lot of papers from both my mom and my dad that I still have to go through. There are some things that I just can't throw away, like their yearbooks. And my mom has a scrapbook of when she went to the theater. And there's clippings from when she was growing up and the plays that she saw and the plays that she acted in. She was in theater when she was in high school and college. So I'm going to go through some of that stuff. Because it's hard to throw that stuff away, even though I wasn't there, even though this was before I was even a glimmer in her mind that I was ever going to exist, she had some cool stuff going on. The other thing that I have that I have to go through and that I may turn into a podcast episode just to preserve the stories is letters that my grandfather wrote to my grandmother. There's some good stuff in there, too. I've looked at a few of them, and it's not exciting stuff. It's not, oh my God, the world is coming to an end, or oh my God, I've invented ice cream, or anything like that. It's just interesting to hear how people communicated and how they expressed themselves to each other 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years ago. Because the way we communicate now is so different from the way we communicated back then. I mean, nowadays I can send you a text and convey what I need to convey in 140 characters or less. Back then, pages and pages of letters with news and information about what was going on. And it was just a more elegant, more thought out, more interesting way to communicate to me. So yeah, I'm going to go through that stuff too and see if we can put together an episode of some of the old letters and stories from my grandparents. Just because. I love that kind of stuff. And I hope you will too. Anyway, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Storytime. Thank you so much for indulging me. Thanks for listening to my mom's stories and to my stories. And I really do appreciate you being here every week. 
I can't thank you enough for spending the time that you do listening to my stories. It means the world to me. Until next time, you take care of yourselves. And I'll see you when I see you.